You're listening to the Pucks and Nucks Podcast with Matt and Dan. Je suis Dan avec Matt pour l'épisode 7. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. Uh, that was just a little tie-on. I know we were talking about going trilingual on the last episode. Um, the Swahili's not coming along too well. The French is doing a little bit better. Uh, how about you, Matt? Um, you kind of scared me there, honestly, because you started talking and I thought, oh my God, I got to talk in French now. I didn't know we were doing that. So I got, uh, I got kind of scared there, but I'm uh, glad we're, we're sticking to English because my French is not as strong as yours is and, and the Swahili is just nowhere to be found, if I'm being quite honest. Um, good episode today. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about our MVPs on each team. We got another third man in later on in the show, and then we'll uh, break down some news at the end. Yeah, sounds good. So we're going to do this in uh, alphabetical order for our listeners. Our, me and Matt have not cross-referenced our list, so uh, everything is new. We're just going to go alphabetical order, who we think has played the best for each team in the 2019-20 NHL campaign uh, up until, obviously, the hiatus. So, uh, Ponis, let's start with Anaheim. This is, a, this is a team for me. Not a lot of coverage up here, so there's going to be a couple here. They were kind of tough to uh, tough to pick, but uh, my guy is uh, Ricard Raquel. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that one, but uh, yeah. Sorry, before we before I respond to that, I just want to say, obviously, outside of the Canucks, haven't watched a lot of these guys play. I don't, you know, care. I don't have NHL center ice, and I don't care to, you know, tune into fucking Arizona, Chicago on a Wednesday night in November. You know, it's just something that doesn't appeal to me. So a lot of this, uh, a lot of my decisions, I don't know about yours, were made about either, um, you know, just stats and articles I read, as well as um, just updates on the score. They have good articles there, and um, just maybe the one time or two they played the Canucks this year, and some highlights on TSN. So very scarce information, to say the least. Um, obviously didn't watch these guys live, but, you know, stats tell a story, and uh, a lot of articles that I trust, Um you know, cover these guys in depth. So, with all that being said, my Anaheim Ducks pick is uh, defenseman Cam Fowler. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot of these ones where there's there's one or two guys you could have picked. I know for me, that's that's another guy. I mean, he's been fairly solid for them. Uh, good presence on that team. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's it's hard to argue with that, and and there's gonna be a, a lot more like that for sure. Couldn't tell you why I chose Ricard Raquel over Cam Fowler. Yeah, like you said, it's it's uh, not a lot of coverage of the Ducks or other teams, like and uh, and so it's gonna there's gonna be some really real wild cards for us. But uh, why don't you move on to your Arizona guy? Yeah, I took uh, goaltender Darcy Kemper. Yeah, me too. That's that's the guy. Um, Arizona's. Not much going on there. I know they have Phil Kessel, Taylor Hall, but uh, it's hard to do well without a without a good goalie, and he's been solid for them. Yeah, so he got hurt uh, 28 games ago, and Arizona's been below 500 since. Um, but this guy's been a stud, .928 save percentage, 2.2 goals against the game. So, you know, like, uh, and then Arizona's obviously right behind us making a push too up until the pause. So, like, this is, uh, this is, this is, was a big, you know, uh, punch of the gut in their uh, in in their season. That's for sure. Uh, next team we're gonna move on to is Boston. Uh, a lot of guys on this team you could easily easily pick. Uh, for me, I went with David Pasternak though. Uh, who'd you have there? I I did as well. Yeah. Uh, doing well points wise, while scoring goals. Uh, 
central forward on that team there. Uh, on on I know we, we you don't like Boston and it's hard to like Boston here in Vancouver, but it's hard to deny that that's a very good Boston team, and he's been a star on that team. Yeah, no, he's uh, first in points with 95, 48 goals, also first, and uh, 47 assists, which is second on the team. So, obviously, he's just head and shoulders. And, you know, I hate Boston with all my heart, but, you know, they've obviously had a good season, and they've got some other, you know, key players. So, the fact that he's outperforming them, you know, just speaks highly on his character. Um, But moving on, Buffalo, I think this is also another clear-cut favorite in uh, Jack Eichel. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, sorry if you're listening in Buffalo, but... Who else are you going to pick? Uh, um, there's not really else anyone. There's no one else really there to pick. So, uh, yeah, Jack Eichel's my guy too. Yeah, first in goals, assists, and points on the team. Uh, hard to argue that. Moving over to Alberta, Southern End, Calgary. I got the guy who the Canucks should have taken in 2016, Matt Kachuk. Yep, same guy for me. Uh, superstar, su- future superstar. He's doing... Doing pretty well as a as a young guy on a on a Calgary on that Calgary team, and he's uh, I could see him being kind of a, a Brad Marchand almost uh, kind of player. I don't know about you, but uh, that's where I yeah. see him, especially a with gritty goal scorer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Get gets in your face. Everyone kind of hates him, guy. I mean, you look at I would I wouldn't even call it the Battle of Alberta. I'd call it Kachuk versus uh, Edmonton. Um, he was going at them there, and uh, and and that's that's my guy in Calgary for their uh, their MVP. Yeah, uh, sending over Carolina now. I got twenty two year old Seb Aho. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, another another great goal scorer, great player, great forward on that team. Uh, on a on a Carolina team that's especially last year kind of took everybody by surprise, uh, beating. Make, making that little push in the playoffs and uh, and uh, it'd be interesting to see what they can do if we do resume this year. Yeah, he's on pace for 46 goals so this at, uh, at 22 years old, so that's something that we can't, you know, overshadow. He's uh, got 66 points currently, and, uh, you know, Carolina's an interesting team to see in the playoffs, and hopefully we get to see them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on now to Chicago. Uh, my guy in Chicago's been there what seems like forever. Uh, I know another another guy it's hard to like when you live in Vancouver, but uh, I got Patty Kane in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Not only the skill, but you see it in some of his celebrations and, and the energy he brings to that team is, is uh, unmatched, I think, by anybody else. So he's, uh, he's an all-around guy. Uh, good guy on that team yeah he's eighth in league scoring he's got 84 points which is actually 24 more than uh jonathan taves is at right now so um obviously a guy who's just you know won cups and just knows how to get it done unfortunately for you know being a vancouver fan that's a tough pill to swallow but uh we had his number in 2011 which was good to see and uh yeah no he's he's still a good player to this day uh but going to colorado now um i think the most clear-cut favorite here obviously on a you know, decent team, and he's a Hart Trophy candidate, uh, Kale McCarr. No, not Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr's up for another trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we got uh, Nate McKinnon here, uh, 93 points, second place in uh, Colorado, has 50, so that's a uh, pretty impressive feat. Yeah, uh, on a, I would say, a above-average Colorado team, they're not terrible. They're doing pretty well. Um, he's definitely a big part of that, and he's a great player. Tons of skill. Trains with Crosby every uh, every summer, I believe, in uh, Halifax or Cole Harbor or whatever. And uh, and yeah, like you said, a, a clear cut uh, clear cut guy. Yeah, uh, Columbus. Now um, this might be the first one that we uh, sent. What was it since Anaheim? Right, we've only had one disagreement. Yeah, I wouldn't even call Anaheim that. Yeah, so Columbus. I have Pierre Luc Dubois. Also another uh, 2016 uh, draft pick. Yeah, another guy actually the Canucks were looking at, but uh, Columbus yep. Columbus snagged him first. Hard to argue with that one. He's been he's been good on a on a Columbus team that let's pretty much say they lost everything. Uh, my guy though is uh, is the kid the the goalie Merzlikens, however you say his name. I don't know how to say his name, but the, the goalie there, the young goalie they got. He's been not so much as Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, but 
in the running for rookie of the year at times and on a and on a struggling uh Columbus team uh he's been fairly solid on the back end yeah it sounds like you botched his name but uh, it sounds like it I did too honestly I I, I'm not very good with these names. Yeah, we apologize if you're. I'm sure you're, he's listening in. So, uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, moving on though, Dallas. Uh, this one is an interesting one because they have you know a tandem there uh, in net. So yes. I think either goalie could get it. Um, but I didn't want to pick one because that takes credit away from the other. So I took Miro Heiskanen, the defenseman. Okay, that's fair. I did. I did take a goalie. Um, I don't know. I just took took Ben Bishop. Yeah, Miro Heiskanen's another one. Um, before we move on to the next team, though, because we are on Dallas, I don't know if you watched the Winter Classic, but uh, did you ever see uh, Corey Perry's walk of shame out of the uh, stadium? Is that when he got kicked out in the first minute? Was that? Yeah, it was early in the game. He threw an elbow at a Nashville player's guy, a Nashville player's head, and he and he uh, and he go, and he uh, instead of taking the cart down to the dressing room he walked all, all the way down from the rink and everybody was booing at him and it was uh, it was kind of funny i know he's a canadian kid but kind of kind of a dirty guy honestly if you ask me but uh, yeah I, I went i like you said either goalie could have got it uh, Heiskanen's another good pick and uh, another another Dallas another team like like Colorado, Dallas is is doing fairly well for themselves, and uh, kind of a team up here that doesn't get much coverage at all. I would say so. It was kind of hard to find this one for sure. Yeah, both goalies rotating at above uh, a point nine two save percentage, which is uh, very impressive to say the least. So, if I could give it to both, I'd give it to both goalies. Uh, but if not, uh, I'm taking Miro Heiskanen, who leads Demon in goals, assists, and points. And he's third in team points at 35, so that's uh, pretty impressive. Moving on to uh, Stanley Cup contender Detroit Red Wings, uh, <laughs> I got Dylan Larkin. Yep, no, me too. Uh, who, another team, kind of, who else are you going to pick? Uh, obviously, that team is just itching to get back to playing so they can make their run for the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Dylan Larkin's my guy there too. Edmonton, there's two guys here. The other guy could have taken it. I gave it to Drysidle just because he's leading McDavid in points. I don't know what you did, but okay. uh, I I'm taking my boy Connor McJesus. Yeah, 97 points in 64 games. Uh, obviously he was injured, so maybe that'll help. Yeah, uh, Drysidle's case out, and you know he's obviously leading the league in points, having a, an an unbelievable season. Uh, but I just I still have to give it to my boy Connor Mc, Connor McSnizzy. He, uh, you know, just goes out there every night and he just makes people look stupid. And he just, I don't know what it is. It's just his play is just, uh, I'm lost for words. Yeah, he's his play is out of this world. And I'm not taking anything away from him by giving it to, to Dreisaitl. It, it really just came down to those two and to pick the guy who's who's leading in points and uh, one of the top candidates for the, uh, the MVP of the whole league. So. Uh, that was my guy. What about uh, we'll move on now to Florida? Yeah, uh, I'm curious I, about your pick here. This was this was actually probably the hardest one. Um, I I saw an article. I don't remember where I saw it, but when I was doing this, and they had Jonathan Huberdeau picked. Uh, so that's who I went with. I don't know who you. I, Florida. Yeah, I did the same, and I I wanted to look into it because his numbers weren't really reflecting this, but. Uh, basically Florida had a terrible start and he had 13 points in those first 12 games to, you know, kind of keep him afloat and, and competitive early. So, um, obviously I'm not watching Florida on a Thursday night. So I, I, I gave it to Huberto as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read the same thing. He was, he was, uh, a standout early for them when their, uh, their other guys were, their other top guys weren't really performing. Uh, so he's kind of been consistent throughout the whole season. Yeah, uh, moving on, going south, southwest, I should say, because we were just in Florida. Uh, L.A. Kings, I have the 54-year-old Anze Kopitar. 54-year-old. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be, would it be would, sorry, to go back there, would it be more, because Florida's kind of more south than L.A., no? Yeah, I just meant from Vancouver, but it didn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, I was, I was kind of confused. Then, yeah. You're not allowed uh, to talk to me about geography after your <laughs> stint on episode five or whatever that was, all right? Uh, Banff on the island. Hey, I had to get one on you, all right? Um, yeah, no, I, I had to go with Kopitar too, captain. Uh, fellow Slovenian like myself, uh, that's my guy. I know they love him in Slovenia. 
they actually got a little in this i've been to it in this hometown there outside on, on one of the hills they have a, a little wood sign i got a picture it's instead of hollywood it says kopi wood uh it's kind of funny uh they they love him there i know he brought the stanley cup there when they won what seems like years ago now uh but another guy that's kind of just been there the whole way and has been solid uh but we'll move on now to minnesota who's your guy in minnesota i have uh kevin fiala yeah, same for me. He's uh, first in points at 54. He's second in both goals and assists on the uh, on the Wild team. And I don't know, I don't know what it is about me in Minnesota, but I always just feel like they're they're just always on you know either like the eighth or seventh seed. They're just like in the playoffs, so they're just out of it. Like, and I just feel like it's been like this for the longest period of time. I just feel like they're like competitive, but they're not. Yeah, they're just kind of sitting there and they're like kind of up and down, but they're not they're not terrible, but they're not like superstar team kind of they're just kind of there and you just kind of see them in the playoffs almost every year and you're like oh yeah minnesota's in the playoffs and and uh and then there you go um there's obviously a lot going on in the great state of minnesota so surprised they don't pay more attention to their hockey team and you know get a general manager in there who can get them over this uh this pocket that they've seemed to be stuck in for the last decade yeah uh we'll move on to montreal this one may surprise you a little bit. I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to put his name down because you're probably going to be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Or you may not. You may you may have the same guy. I don't know. Um, but my guy in Montreal, guy I actually really like, is Brendan Gallagher. Okay. I have Shea Weber, but uh, let's, let's, hear, let's hear your pick, the reason. Uh, well, I went with Gallagher. Uh, I, love, I love the way he plays. You know, he's... He just, gets the job done he shuts up he gets his job done he's he's hard worker he's the heart and soul of that team i feel especially with you know uh patcheretti's gone now and, and suban who was kind of the the, the face is, is gone uh he's not doing too bad in points he's sitting at 43 points uh not his best year uh, obviously though he's they've he's only played 59 games so uh, but I, I i love the guy personally so this was a more a little bit of a personal pick for me uh, I, I've always loved the guy, and and I love the way he plays, and I love how hard he works, and I and watching him play when the Montreal was in town, and he just he just works so hard, and he's kind of like the heart and soul, you know, the guys you need on the team to get the job done, and just kind of aren't looking for all the credit and and fame, and he just kind of sits there and does his job, so that's why he's my pick. Uh, Shea Weber is another guy I was actually going to put down, but I I wanted to be different, so I went with Gallagher. But, uh, yeah, Shea Weber's a good pick. Yeah, just his blue line presence sold it for me. But uh, um, we're just over the halfway point now, uh, moving into Nashville. Another D-man I got for his blue man presence is uh, Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi's, I believe, is actually a candidate for the Norris. He always I think seems he's a lock for the Norris. Yeah, yeah, or he's up there. Yeah, he's up there or something. He always seems to be up there. Yeah, just a guy in Nashville. Another guy that's just seems like he's been there for a while and is just seems to show up and get his job done and does a good job doing it. Yeah, uh, sending over to the northeast of the United States now, uh, just for all our geography whizzes. Uh, just over the halfway point, though, we're going to have to probably speed this up so we can send it over to our uh, third man in today. But uh, starting off in New Jersey, I got goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, same for me. Uh, another another goalie you kind of need. You need a goalie back there and... And, uh, and, and yeah, he's, he's on a struggling New Jersey team. He's been kind of one of the few highlights. Yeah, we talked about this when we talked about Jack Hughes, and he kind of seems to be the reason that they're uh, staying afloat, managed to, got three, uh, managed to get three shutouts uh, with that terrible team. So New York Islanders first. The man on the island who I said, um, you know, when he was playing with Tavares and then when Tavares left, I said the same thing. I said he is the man on the island, Matt Barzell. Yeah, local boy, uh, great player. Beat McDavid in the speed competition this year, so that's always that's always a cool thing to see. But uh, yeah, my guy too is Matt Barzell. Yeah, he's led New York in scoring for the last three straight seasons. He's got sixty points right now. Um, moving over to another absolute standout Hart Trophy candidate, Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers. Same guy here for me uh 95 points right like you can't yeah another another close guy would be mika zabinajad yeah no panarin's my guy in new york too before we move on to ottawa we had a we had a question about this i believe it was episode two the new york knicks 
who's your guy on the Knicks? Because clearly, the clearly Knicks? they're in the oh, NHL. Uh, clearly they're in the NHL. So Can- Canadian RJ Barrett. Um, a lot of injuries this year. A lot of potential for him. Stay tuned for that in the, the uh, NBA, not the NHL. Yes. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I, I don't really watch much basketball, so. Uh, but more seriously, we'll move on to Ottawa. My guy in Ottawa is, uh, again, another team that struggles, but my guy is uh, Thomas Shabbat. Okay, that's a fair pick. I took uh, Brady Kachuk, uh, the second Kachuk on my list now, which I don't like to hear. But uh, another just, you know, Ottawa young gun hope, right? Like this guy leads a team in points and, uh, you know, will probably be a top, their top lineman for, you know, years to come. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Does Ottawa have three first-round picks this year? I... I don't know. I'd have to look into that. Because I swear I read something that, you know, they traded away all their players for picks pretty much and just start looking to really turn this thing around. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. So that's kind of why I said that. So there's a lot of hope in Ottawa as much as it looks pretty terrible right now. Uh, I'm not talking about the city, by the way. That also looks terrible, but the hockey team. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, moving on. Philadelphia, uh, Selkie nominee, Sean Couturier. Yeah, same for me. Like you said, Selkie nominee, been, uh, been solid in Philadelphia. Uh, team I'm not too big a fan of because I'm also a Penguins guy, so not much to say about the Flyers because they suck and they're never yeah. gonna, they're never going to win a cup again. So that's all that matters. Um, but we'll move on. Bold to- take. I, okay, well I'm not going to say that because everybody's bound to win a cup eventually, except for the Leafs. The Leafs are never going to win the cup. <laughs> and they're never going to beat an AHL goalie. Ever yeah, again. they're never going. No, they're never going to beat a Zamboni driver ever again. <laughs> 42-year-old beer leaguer. Uh, yeah, also before we move on to Pittsburgh, though, uh, uh, Couture, things you don't see on the stats, huge player on the PK and the power play uh, for them. So uh, now moving on to Matt's uh, first or second team, depends on how he wants to say it on this podcast, I have Gino of Guinea Malkin. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm the same there. Uh, he always seems to step up when uh, Crosby gets injured, which is seems to be a regular thing yeah solid guy goal scorer gets the job done honestly in my opinion could actually lead his own team if he really wanted to but uh, he's decided to stay in pittsburgh with sid the kid and uh, well not so much sid the kid anymore but uh with crosby and and every time crosby seems to be out of the lineup he seems to step up and he gets the job done yeah, no, I, I agree, and obviously you watch them more than I do, but another guy I easily could have picked for this was Chris Letang. Yeah, uh, Letang's, Letang's been there. Well, I mean, those guys have been there what seems like forever, too, is Malkin, Letang, Crosby. I mean, it feels like it, it's been a, been there forever. Um, Letang's another solid guy on the back end. He's he's another guy that always seems to step up in big moments and, and a, a guy you can really trust on the back end. Yeah, for sure. Another guy we could trust on the backhand down in San Jose. My pick. I hope it's yours. Brett Bird's the bearded monster. Yeah. Uh, honestly, San Jose's an interesting team because I was I was honestly thinking of Evander Kane. Um, but Brent Burns is even before Carlson came was tearing it up and and uh, he's a beast on the back end and uh, and I I love the way he plays. He's uh, He's a funny-looking guy with those two missing teeth and that big beard, but uh, but boy, is he one hell of a player. Yeah, I'm going to continue to show my uh, love for D-men here with my next pick, another guy who leads his team in goals, assists, and points amongst D-men, just like Brent Burns is uh, in St. Louis, Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, uh, yeah, Alex Petrangelo is definitely my pick, too. Goalies and defensemen, they're two guys, they're two positions, well, not so much goalies, but defensemen, I feel, are very underappreciated. He's He's been another guy that's been solid on the back end for St. Louis. A few more guys I was thinking of, David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly, uh, number one and two in points, O'Reilly's first, Perron's second on the team, and both O'Reilly, especially, uh, big part, uh, and Petrangelo, too, big part in their Stanley Cup run last year. Yeah. Um, another playoff uh, run last year that is remembered for the wrong reasons. Tampa Bay, I have uh, still a stud, Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, uh, always seems to be up there in points. I'm, I'm actually very glad last year that Tampa Bay got swept because it uh, it hit the fact that the Penguins got swept, and that was uh, that was that was good for me. Uh, they I think it happened on the same day or the day after that both teams got swept. So I was happy Tampa Bay got swept on the same day the Penguins got swept. But uh, yeah, Kucherov always seems to be up there. 
uh, in points, and uh, and he's been a, a real force to be reckoned with. He's got that nasty deke. I know I know guys try and pull it on me when I play, and it, it actually is very tricky to stop because you don't know what they're going to do uh, if they do the deke right, and uh, and he's a, he's a hell of a player. We're going to move on to now the worst team in the league, Toronto Maple Leafs. Can't stand them. Um, my guy on Toronto, I don't even want to do this because none, they all suck. Um, my guy on Toronto is possibly the ugliest player in the league, He's got to shave that mustache because he looks like a dweeb. Uh, he's got the worst hairline, too. Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, yeah, I have him, too. 80 points in 70 games. Uh, I think Chance the Rapper said it best when he said he looks like uh, the prime suspect in a game of Clue. But uh, I'm not going to dig into it like you just did. I'll leave it at that. Um, and we're going to move on to, obviously, uh, Stanley Cup favorites, uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Um, there's two guys I could have taken here, but I took one. Well, I thought was the backbone of the team this season uh, in being Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, I, I mean, I know we've talked about it on this show with guests and are by ourselves. Marky's, Marky's the guy. Uh, without him, we saw what happened when Demko came in. Not to say, you know, Demko's a bad goalie. He's got potential and all that, obviously. But, you know, when, when Marky got injured there, the team really struggled. So um, he was he was most definitely my guy, too. Uh, but we'll move on now to the newest team in the league. Uh, not not so much, not soon to be anymore because Seattle's coming in. I don't know if I said that right. I don't think that was grammatically cor- correct. But uh, uh, Vegas, uh, who's your guy in Vegas? Uh, I got Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore, interesting. Showing love for my D man. Yeah, you're 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 giving them uh, giving them a lot of love today. I was down to two. Across uh, their names off a couple times. Each of them, uh, it was between Flurry, who's who's you know had his good moments, and I love the guy to death. But I gave it to Max Pacioretty, uh, real good presence on that team, uh, hard worker, and uh, and he was great, great addition to that team. Yep, those are those are both good picks. Uh, going to uh, 2018 Stanley Cup champions, the Washington Capitals. I would think that you're gonna pick John Carlson, but I am actually gonna take Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah, I, I mean every even. Uh, yeah, I went with Carlson. Uh, he's having a great year. Ovechkin, obviously, you can't argue against Ovechkin. He's Alex Ovechkin. I mean, he's the great eight. Not not gonna argue on you on that one at all. But uh, I went with John Carlson. He's also a candidate for the Norris, I believe, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so a candidate for the Norris, having having a great year. He's up there with points on the team, and and he's he's been a, a force to be reckoned with this year. He's he's stepped up his game this year, and and uh, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't pick him. Yeah, well, you know, Ovechkin's just a generational talent. Yeah. Uh, 67 points, 68 games. So he's a point a night, and he leads the team uh, with 48 point with 48 goals, which is uh, 22 ahead of the second place. So. Like, obviously, we've seen this guy, you know, loves to win. He brings it every night. We'd love to see him celebrate. I would love to see him, you know, with another trip to the Stanley Cup final and take it because I don't think he was sober that whole summer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, I, I, I couldn't not pick him. I was a little love there. Uh, wrapping up in uh, Canada's most beautiful city, uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, uh, I have goaltender Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, same for me. Candidate for the Vesna. A bright spot on again a let's say struggling Winnipeg team. Not much going on there. He's been he's been pretty solid, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the past few years he's been very solid for that team, right? Yeah, oh absolutely. And uh this season he's just topped it on even more with uh six shutouts, which is uh leading the league. So yeah, yeah totally. Uh so with that being wrapped up, uh do you think we should move into our third man in? Yep, let's send it over to uh, local lower mainland goon, Anthony Atasto. I think you're going to want to hear this. Might get a third man in. Third man in! That is the third man in! As a third man as in. As a third man in, but that he's going to get a game misconduct for being the third man in a, into an altercation. Now we're going to now with Atasto. Here we go. Atasto did not like the extra shot. Today's third man in is former Surrey Knights goalkeeper and our good buddy, Anthony DeTosto. Anthony, how you doing today, bud? Hey, how are you guys? Good, good. Good to hear from you. It's It's uh, been a while. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we want to know, obviously, it's a tough time right now. How are you handling this quarantine? What are you up to these past few days? Well, um, since, even since March, really, it's been staying home, 
haven't gone out anywhere just for um, things like gas, just a bit of food. Uh, that's really about it. Besides that, been staying home, watching a lot of movies, TV shows, a lot of a lot of uh, reruns of uh, prior sporting events, and that's about it. Anthony, uh, obviously you uh, grew up a goalie uh, in the Lower Mainland. Uh, who's your front runner for the Vesna this uh, NHL season? I think right now, if, if there was no uh, other games that were to take place, I think you got to go with Tuka Rask. I think he's just had an unbelievable season. Uh, it really showed his worth. Yeah, he's uh, he's been playing unreal for the Bruins right now. Top of the league. He's um, He's been showing his worth throughout the whole year, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely solid guy. Been solid for the past few years. Hard to argue that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit with you about some stories uh, from your eventful uh, playing career, to say the least. Um, one that I remember very vividly, uh, this was my first year at Burnaby Winter Club. It was your first year at Burnaby Minor. We had kind of actually switched places. Uh, we were playing at Bill Copeland. I wasn't playing that game. I was on the bench. And uh, and you skate over and you're you're start looking at me and I'm I'm thinking what the hell's this guy looking at and I look behind me and you're going at it with my coach and like I'm like what the hell's going on so you want to explain that one a little bit? Yeah, well the year prior um, he was uh, my coach for my first year of Bantam. Um, for sure didn't have the best of years. Um, some questionable decisions by him for sure. And then we went out first round of playoffs that year pretty disappointing we, uh, we were supposed to go at least to provincials and make a bit of a run there that didn't happen so disappointing year for everyone in the room I just felt that you know he he didn't treat it treat it seriously like he should have and the year after when we were able to play him just tied some words for him and um, yeah we had uh, three games against you guys that year and then at each, each of the three games there was something eventful and something new every single game um, going at it with him, and uh, yeah, those those are some good games, good memories for sure. Yeah, uh, if I heard correctly, there were a few unkind words, but uh, definitely those were uh, uh, interesting games to say the least. Uh, fun games for sure, but yeah, it, it was. Uh, I was I was very confused at the time because I was like, "What the hell?" I I because we go we went to school and stuff, and and I was like, "What the hell did I do to this kid to piss him off so much?" And I looked behind me, and my coach is going back at with you, and it was, it was uh, quite an interesting game. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely wasn't staring at you, opponents. Don't worry about that. Um, but um, yeah, with your coach there, when right right at the start of the season, and uh, we knew we were going to be in the same tier as you guys. Uh, I for sure looked at those dates when we played you guys, and uh, I was quite excited for those games. And um, yeah, just some, some words were said at each of the games. Uh, at the end of it, though, uh, I got the better of him. So um, we won, we won two of the three, and then tied the first one. And I was, I was pleased to see him. Pretty frustrated, and um, he's he's not coaching anymore, thankfully for the kids. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So Anthony, obviously, uh, Ponus has witnessed you firsthand. You know your antics on the ice and all that. Sean Avery esque. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about one that I witnessed firsthand in Richmond when we were playing together in, uh, 2016. Um, there was a fight going on. One of our players started something or started with a hack and then a punch was thrown. And then, uh, I'm sitting on the bench and I look to my left and you waddle over by the red line and just full Todd Bertuzzi sucker punch this kid. Uh, do you mind elaborating on, uh, where that came from? Yeah, that was the ball hockey game. I was playing forwards uh, in ball hockey, and um, the whole the whole game was for sure a chippy one. And um, it was near near the end of the game, I believe. Um, one of yeah, one of our players went in the corner there, and there was a bit of a some hacking going on, and um, a bit of a fight started out. And then um, one one of their guys who was who went in third man um, after he got out of the pile, and I just felt. Um, he shouldn't have went in as a third man and make it an uneven situation. So right when he came out, um, just um, I saw him and no, um, didn't take too kindly of him attacking one of my teammates. So just um, gave it to him in the head, and um, that was it. That was the two game suspension. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously Daniel and myself have witnessed 
uh, various various events of yours over the years, like the two we touched on. Uh, do you want to elaborate more? Because obviously, uh, I'm sure you've had some other events that have occurred that uh, paint quite the vivid picture of your playing style. Uh, do you want to elaborate on what some of those events may have been? Yeah, for sure. There was um, one year in my first year Pee Wee, I had um, I had that reputation of you know being um, a bit of a hothead on the ice, taking a few penalties, and um, right right after the teams were picked, uh, my coach came up to me at the time and he said, "No, I know your reputation. I know you like to do on the ice, but that's not, not going to happen on this team." And he said, "The first the first penalty you take, uh, I'm going I'm to yank you from the game." And um, we, I went the whole year not really taking any penalties, and we had we had one um, we had one last game before playoffs started, and we were playing against Cloverdale in Cloverdale, and um, um, with twelve with twelve seconds left in the clock, uh, there was a bit of a half earlier on in the game, and their guy their guy went behind the net, and I I went there and I met him with my blocker. When with twelve seconds left, I took the penalty, and for sure the coach stayed true to his word. I was out of that game with 12 seconds left. We were winning 5-1. I was a bit unhappy at the time, but at the end of it, I did realize, you know, he did make the right move by um, showing the team that, you know, what what he what he said, you know, he stayed true to his word, and it, I felt it really showed, um, it showed, you know, what he, he uh, wanted from his players, and that year we were, we were able to um, win provincials that year, and it was a good year. Um, yeah, he stayed true to his word. I was mad at the time, and I learned from it. Didn't take any more penalties with him that year, and to this day, he's the best coach I've ever had. Uh, Anthony, that year, I believe you were playing with uh, Massimo Rizzo, current uh, Carolina Hurricanes prospect. Is that correct? Yeah, we had uh, Rizzo on that team. Uh, we had we had a ton of other great players that was on that team as well. We had um, Sash Mutala, who's um, who was drafted by um, the Avalanche. Colorado. Yeah, yeah, we had a ton ton of great players that year. It was a fantastic year. So, uh, we actually have a call-in question from Massimo. Uh, he was wondering if you still get changed standing up on the bench in the room. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, that, was a, that was a superstition I had. Um, I felt that if I didn't do it, I didn't play well. I always had to, uh, I had to stand um, on the bench in the locker room to get changed. Uh, I don't do it anymore, though. I was able to get past that one um, two years ago, but yeah, when when I was younger, I had to. I felt if I didn't do it, I wasn't going to play my best. It was just a little superstition I had, along with doing all my right, uh, my right skate first, my right pad first. Just little things like that. I felt uh, it made me more mentally ready for the game. That, uh, yeah, that definitely. I know when I switched over to the Winter Club, um, that was definitely a talking point whenever we would play you is that you used to get changed standing on the bench and everybody was kind of giving you a hard time for that. But, uh, but yeah, you you got any more any more interesting stories that uh, you may want to share with us? Um, yeah, there's a few more. There was one one time in spring hockey, uh, we had um, tournaments um, at eight rinks. We had we had um, the first time we were in eight rinks, we were playing this team. We um, we were up pretty heavily on them, um, and near the end of the game, they hit one of our guys, and um, it got a bit chippy at the end of that game. But nothing nothing really came out of that. We played the same team um, the next tournament at A Rinks as well, and um, we were up eight two on them earlier on in the game. Um, when I went out to play the puck, and one of their guys um, gave me a bit of a hit, and at the end of the game, after uh, we won eight two, he was standing right behind um, right behind the net, and I, I saw it as my opportunity to um, you know get some payback on him for what he did earlier on in the game. So he was um, he was facing the boards. Um, I went out there, um, cross-checked him into the boards, and I looked up, and the bench is cleared, and we were in uh, full-on bench brawl. We, um, yeah, full-on bench brawl. We had a lot of great players on that team too. Guys like Ryan Helliwell, he, he was out there. Um, he was a good guy to have on the ice at that time. Solid player. He was um, he was uh, kicking some kids, or not, not kicking some kids, but um, punching some kids. Um, yeah, and he was. Uh, he was a guy. He was one of the first ones off the bench there, and he was throwing his weight around. He was um, he was doing a great job, and yeah, it was a full full on bench brawl. They had to call the announcers um, on uh, over the PA to tell us to get off, 
didn't really work and yeah that was um that was a fun that was a fun time that was, that's the only bench ball i've ever been in and it was sure it was sure a blast um it was fun it was certainly fun and um i'll never forget it for sure so obviously uh, the common theme here is that your blocker is your uh, go-to weapon of choice. Is that is that true? Um, yeah. Along with, it's along it's with the sucker punch, hey? Going behind guys, that's that's the way to do it. That, I, I don't sucker punch anyone. Um, it, it, none of these were sucker punches. All these were, they were staring at me right in, right in the head. Right in the face they were staring at me. They, they knew what was coming and they... If you want to give uh, cheap shots to players like that, you know, they, they got to understand what's going to come next. Yeah, well, uh, one thing that uh, a defenseman when we were playing in the spring learned was uh, when you score a goal on them that you like to flip off the crowd and uh, hand the D-man the ball that uh, eventually got you ejected from the game. And before you talk on it, the best part of this story is that the section of the crowd that Anthony flipped off for our listeners was his dad, his uncle, and my dad. <laughs> so I, I don't even know what to say about that, Anthony. I don't even know if you noticed, but uh, well, that um, that one was just the heat of the moment. That um, that was, yeah, that was some more antics. That was just that was just the heat of the moment. Um, I scored. You know that their their defenseman was um, going on my ankles all game. I remember we we, we were destroying them. It was probably uh, seven nothing. Eight nothing game. I mean, yeah, I scored probably the eight nothing goal, and the ball just came out to me. I decided to pick it up and give it to their defenseman, and um, yeah, my my emotions got the better of me on that one for sure. Um, it's funny, it's funny to look back now and laugh on it. Um, at, at the time, I didn't really even I didn't even realize who who I was um, flipping off in the crowd. Um, and after the game, uh, Dan came up to me and he was. He'd give me a hard time about it, but yeah, it was um, that was that was certainly a moment I'll never forget as well in ball hockey. I love how your go-to when you're up seven or eight nothing is not you know just the fist bump and the flyby. It's the whole flip the crowd off, pick up the ball, give it to the D man. Well, I'm an, I'm an emotional guy, Dan. I, I like to win, so um, you know I, I like to win, and um, I, don't, I don't believe in you know easing up on anyone. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like to win, and it's the way I play. And uh, yeah, I uh, I actually recall being at a at a ball hockey game uh, between Dan and Anthony. Um, I believe I believe I won that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Anthony came away the winner of that one. I was uh, sitting uh, with some friends from school, and uh, I think Anthony scored or something and or maybe after they won or something he came over to the glass ran up to the glass did a big shoulder bump on the glass started going nuts and uh and you could definitely see the uh the emotion in his game dan himself didn't look so happy but uh but anthony was sure loving life that's for sure and matt yeah. matt tell him about the the souvenir you walked with uh away from that stadium that day i don't even remember the medal was it whose medal was that was that that was yours, yeah. I don't even. I didn't. You know what? I totally forgot about that. I wonder where I put that thing. Yeah, yeah. Dan was was so upset. He. Uh, I remember this now. Dan was so upset. He didn't want his medal, so he gave it to me. It was uh, proudest moment of my life. I felt like I actually accomplished something, and uh, and that's what we're hoping to get at with this podcast too. Give our lives some purpose, right, Dan? Oh yeah, I chucked that thing over the boards as soon as it was handed to me. This clown. It's we're down like five two. The game's completely out of reach and Anthony nets an empty netter here and you know decides to celebrate like he won the World Cup. So uh that was some interesting antics. Once again, in front of you, his dad, and his uncle. Um so uh, the passion is uh, it's evident, Anthony. We we all notice it. Yeah, um that that, that game uh that game was a fun that was a gold medal game in ball hockey. Ball hockey, uh, there's, we don't really get much crowd there. You're right on that one, but yeah, it was um, game was uh, once I got the final goal there, the game was a bit out of reach. You know, I I celebrate. Dan Dan was going at my ankles, always trying to get me off my game, but that's all right. At the end of it, uh, he went home and we went on to provincial, so it was good. It was a good year for sure. Um, it wasn't just 
it wasn't just, you know, your dad, your uncle, Daniel's dad, myself. We also have to uh, keep in mind, Shrey Bajaj was there at that game. I don't know. I, when he walked in the arena, I was shocked. He was the last person I was actually expecting to show up to that game. But uh, you got quite the turn, turnout. There were a couple more of us. I don't remember exactly who was there from school, but there was there was a good turnout of, uh, of your friends there to watch you and Dan go at it. Yeah, that was... Uh... That was for sure a fun game. I remember, I remember seeing Shrey walk in. I thought to myself, you know, what, what, what was he doing here? You know, I don't never expected him to come come to the game, and he was there. And I still talk to him to this day about that game. On uh, he likes to give me a tough time too about the celebration um, that I um, did after the goal. He gives me a tough time today too about it. And uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Shrey was there. Some other guys were there. It was a fun game to play in. Um, another one of your gold medal games I witnessed didn't fare so well. Uh, it was against the team of uh, Dario Ciccone, and I believe he netted a uh, an overtime winner, and it was a crazy comeback. I actually, Daniel, I think you were there with me in the stands. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? It was me, you, and uh, oh Gary Volk, because his kid was on the team too. So we're sitting there. Uh, Dario's team was down three one with like some stupid like under a minute. Anthony probably remembers it every night. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they came back, scored a goal, then they scored one second left. Went to overtime, and uh, the rest was history. What uh, what what are your thoughts on that one, Anthony? Is that still haunting you today? For sure. You know that that game. You know it was a ball hockey game. At the end of it, really doesn't mean much. But um, I remember we were, we were up three nothing with about two. 2.30 left, and um, the lead uh, the lead went away, disappeared pretty quickly, and they scored to tie it up with one, one second on the board, and then in overtime, they got the winner, and that was, um, that, that, that one was a tough game. Um, you know, we had a really good year that year. I loved the team, loved the coaches, loved everyone on it. It was such a great year, and for it, for it to end that way, you know, it was a bit, it was a bit disappointing, but just, it's just a lesson to you to take on in life with you. Anthony, before we transition back to uh, to ice hockey here, uh, one more event that I got you know the blessing of witnessing firsthand. I was actually on the floor with you. We were line mates at the time. Uh, it was the year that we won, and we went to provincials. We're playing Delta, and for those who don't know, Delta is usually a powerhouse, or at least it was for uh, our age group. So we're down about a million to one, and just getting our shit kicked. And uh, Anthony looks at me. There's five seconds left. They score to make it a million one to one. He looks at me, he's like, Dan, let me take the face off. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, here we go. But uh, I'm not going to say no because I'm kind of curious too, and it's not like the game's uh, in reach. So Anthony goes, lines up in the circle against their best player. I don't know why he was still out there, but uh, drops the mitts right away. Just didn't even make any attempt to grab the puck. Just went straight for the guy, cross-checks him in the chest, and then just goes and then piles on and piles on and uh the referees had to get us off the ice we didn't finish the last five seconds of that one yeah that one was a, that was a ball hockey game wasn't it yeah yeah um yeah it was um last yeah that was our last game provincials we were out their guys some of their players were being um they were they were, they were running around so i i remember that i took uh, i told you i wanted to take the face off um the rest, right when he dropped the ball, there was um, there's really really no attempt for the ball at that point. Um, just went after their uh, centerman there, and uh, I thought I'd um, go go at it with him because he was uh, he was running around a bit, and um, just got to tell him you, know, you got to calm the guys down like that sometimes, you know. Anthony, uh, we were we were uh, actually told about um, a game when you were with Burnaby Minor against one of the Vancouver Minor teams. I don't recall. Uh, where you ended up on their bench. Do you mind explaining to our audience how that happened? Yeah, that was the um, that um, that was my second second year at Burnaby Minor. Um, uh, yeah, we were playing against one of the Vancouver teams. Um, we we were up about four two on them. No time on the clock, and um, one of their guys one of their guys shot the puck, and the game was over. The the buzzer went, and. Uh, yeah, I, t- I took ex- exception to that. You know, you can't be shooting the puck after the whistle. So, it was just a, uh, that one, he, after he shot it, just went up to him, gave him a little push, and that one started a line brawl. Um, and, yeah, the right, right when that started, the refs grabbed me. I was uh, I was off the ice, but um, the benches were pretty close to one another, so I was able to go in the hallway. And uh, uh, one thing led to another, and I, I ended up in the other team's bench. Um, 
I was going going at it with some of their coaches, some of their players, and um, yeah, that, that one was a wild game for sure. That one gave me a four game suspension. Uh, that that one was uh, for sure a wild a wild um, situation. Luckily, um, it was nothing more than four games, and um, after that, I was able to continue the season. And um, yeah. Very, uh, very John Tortorella against Calgary and Rogers Arena, like then I guess, hey. Pretty, pretty much, uh, if he was a player at that time, pretty much would do the same thing. He was, uh, he was unhappy with some of their players, so how the game was going on, and with their coach, and yeah, and he ended up um, in their hallway, and I ended up in their bench. It was, um, it was pretty, pretty, pretty similar to say the least. Anthony, just to wrap things up here with you, you know, um, you've obviously had your moments as a player and as a goalie in both ice and ball hockey. Uh, has there yeah. been, you know, an incident with a coach that's, you know, one of yours that, you know, has stood out over the years? Obviously, you've had some tenure in the sport. Uh, has there been any, you know, dirty, like, fights between coaches and players or, you know, some rule tweaking or, you know, some things that were a little on the cheaper side? Yeah, so there was... Um there was one tournament. Uh, one tournament. This was this one was in Coquitlam. Um, uh, it, was a, it was a spring hockey tournament. We had um, it was the same team we had the bench brawl with. It was an un- un- unbelievable team. We were uh, we were destroying this one team, and um, we had uh, two of our players uh, near the end of the game. Ryan Halliwell and uh, Connor Wedge ended up in a bit of a line brawl, a bit of a fight. Um, so they. They were kicked. They were booted from that game, and then that was that was the semifinal game. So um, we um, they were suspended for the finals, but uh, it was uh, there was a um, little bit. Yeah, after that game, a little bit of rule tweaking going on. Our coach went, and um, since it was his tournament, it was the spring hockey league. So um, it was his tournament. He was able to change some things around, uh, change the rules around, and those players were, were able to play in the finals. And um, yeah, it was. We, we had a good laugh that at the time. He was able to change the rules and get two of our best players um, to play for us, and we ended, we ended up winning that one, which was good. That's always good to hear when the cheaters prevail. But uh, well, going... that, was, that, was, that was a spring hockey tournament, Dan. It wasn't winter hockey. It was um, it was a spring hockey tournament. You know, you gotta you gotta win at all costs. And yeah, same whatever, same with ball hockey. Eh? You gotta do. Yeah, I know you're you're a real passionate guy, and that that's apparent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Anthony, we'd like to thank. I, I, I like to play the game hard, unlike you. <laughs> okay, buddy. Uh, we'd like to thank you for coming on. Uh, you know, you've always had some great stories to share with our audience, and uh, you know, we've had a lot of encounters over the year that we can look back and laugh at now. You know, same team or against each other. So uh, we appreciate it very much. And before you go, uh, we were we caught wind of uh, you were trying to purchase. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, guys. Love listening to the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you guys later. See you, Anthony. So that was Anthony Tosto. We'd like to thank him for his time, even though he probably wasn't doing anything too productive around the house, um, unlike our other guests. Uh, so that was cool for him to come on. Yeah, uh, huge thanks to him. Uh, common theme there seemed to be when, when he was... Uh, when he was going after people, they seemed to be destroying the other team. <laughs> but uh, when something was going after him, uh, he seemed to things seemed to not be going so well. So uh, good stories, though. Always great to talk to him, see what he's what's going on with him. Like Dan said, probably not too much. But uh, yeah, we're gonna now move into doing the news because now we're gonna do the news. All right, awesome. So uh, Gary Bettman had a talk with uh, BC Premier John Horgan last uh, Tuesday night. Um, and they talked about the possibility of having BC host uh, all the NHL remaining games and the playoffs, which seems more realistic than possible. It obviously can, uh, places risks. We talked about this before. Talks have just been advancing. Uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry said that this is this is more than possible. Um, you know, talks about full face shields and no fighting have come up, and obviously BC has a bunch of WHL arenas that could also host games, not only. Uh, Rogers Arena, as well as the at, at P&E at the at the Coliseum there. Um, so that's about that's about it there, and uh, we'll uh, keep you updated as uh, information comes out. Yeah, uh, like we talked about, it'd be pretty cool to see that happen, but uh, it's all up in the air until something's for sure. So once we get for sure confirmation of something happening, we'll definitely be bringing it to our viewers. 
next up, though, uh, the AHL, uh, the farm, the farm teams, and uh, for the NHL teams, they've decided to shut down their league, including their playoffs. So they're done now until until the end of the year. Dan, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, you know, it it kind of goes against my comment about having the NHL return because if the AHL shutting down, it's probably not great news for the NHL. Um, you know, just realistic wise. So. Uh, it's interesting to see that happen. Um, I do think at the end of the day, though, that's probably the right call. Just, you know, scrap the season, let the guys have their off season, and, you know, hopefully be able to return in, uh, in October for, you know, 2020-21 campaign. Um, but, yeah, not promising at all for uh, the rest of this season. Yeah, and correct me if I if I'm wrong. They're released, I don't know, the one of the first team leagues I've heard of that have shut down correct has anybody else shut down yet or is it just the ahl well the bchl we talked about with uh david right, right. and uh you know i talked to um coquitlam express forward massimo rizzo about that and you know how devastating that was they really had a chance to make some noise in the playoffs they're having a great season i think they had like a stupid record like 45 and 9 or some, something ridiculous where like you know uh their goalie was uh goalie of the year probably should have won mvp like quad said uh, so their league shut down, unfortunately, um, and you know who knows what's going to happen with their the NCAA's uh, upcoming season, and uh, you know just going forward, it's until there's a vaccine, right? This seems like a very unrealistic option, but uh, you know time will tell. Yeah, for sure, it's, it's going to take time. I, I, it's it'll be interesting to see what they can, what Mister Gary Bettman there can do. We sent him that email too. He still hasn't responded to us uh, about joining the show. Uh, we know he's listening though, so hopefully he'll check it now. Yeah, yeah, Gary, if you're listening, check your email. Okay, your old email. We sent you one about coming on the show. That would be great. We'd love to have you on. Uh, but uh, hopefully they can figure something out. And if it's not safe, I mean, uh, I'll gladly wait till October because it's going to get to a point eventually where it's like, okay, we're going to have to start the 2020 2021 season in December. And honestly. Who wants to see that? Like, I'd rather just see, you know, the season end and start next season on time with proper measures in place. Well, yeah, the NBA said they have two to four weeks to decide on if they're going to continue or not because you can't wait too much longer because then otherwise the guys are going to have, like, less than a month of an offseason if, if you, you know, continue. So decision has to be made quick, uh, and we'll keep you updated on that as well. Uh, moving into the state of Nevada, Las Vegas, the suburbs of Las Vegas uh, have decided to name – some street names uh, by uh, Golden Knights players. Yeah, everybody was everybody was kind of shocked when they announced there was a team going to Vegas. I mean, you, you see what it's like in in Arizona and 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 Florida, uh, kind of more warmer places where people don't really care about hockey. But uh, boy, did Vegas ever prove them wrong! Uh, it's a great atmosphere there. They obviously love the team, so it's uh, something pretty cool to see. Uh, I know we got Joe Sackick way here. That's a maybe about a a five a two hundred fifty meter street uh, here, but uh, but yeah, that's cool that they're doing that in Vegas. And uh, the last thing we're gonna talk about here, uh, Markstrom has a brand new mask design. Now some of you may be thinking, oh whatever, no big deal. He's got a new mask. But Dan, do you think he's maybe hinting at the fact that he may resign here in Vancouver? Well, uh, at first glance, it's speculation. You know, you could say that um, the mask pays homage to his dad, I believe. Yeah. Um, as well as obviously the Canucks logo and his number. So uh, it's pretty cool. I think goalie masks are in the new era are always one of those cool things. You know, you can be as free as you want on it and, you know, express yourself uh, outside of the game. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. And uh, who knows, maybe he's hinting at that or he's just, you know, trying to keep Canucks fans, uh, you know, hopeful. Yeah, it's a nice looking mask. I'm, I've always been a fan of the all white look. Uh, he's got the white mask now with the, the chrome and blue uh, kind of accent colors. And, and you know what? It looks pretty good. Um, hopefully we'll get to see that in action next season. I know he's had some pretty interesting ones with the, the ears on the side, too. He had that one um but uh but yeah hopefully maybe he is hopefully he is hinting at that because like we mentioned earlier on the show he's the backbone of the team this season and hopefully he can keep that up yeah i think it depends on you know what benning gives him term and money wise uh obviously gonna be you know a top 10 starting goalie in the nhl he's gonna you know want want a few bucks so uh hopefully that works out but uh that wraps up our episode seven now 
Um, we had a great interview, third man in with uh, Anthony DeTosto, and uh, the MVPs was good. Um, I think we agreed on most of them, as you probably should, with uh, most valuable player. But uh, any closing remarks, Matt? Yeah, no, it was good interview, good stories by Anthony. MVPs were as expected, honestly. I was, I was kind of expecting to have a lot of similarities. Uh, and yeah, we're looking forward to doing this again. Yep, sounds good, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room No space to rent in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving Take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand In return for grace So beautiful